Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with my girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And MDK all motherfucking day, baby! get into any of that i need to point out i got a new ethereal shirt in and her shirts are consistently the softest ones i own <laughs> <laughs> the aw global's doing pretty good with their guild and soft it's nothing like this though <laughs> this is good stuff i'm glad that Edie makes good shirts mm -hmm. okay so that probably could have gone in the pre-show. I wanted to put it in the main show. That's fair. On the off chance that she listens. <laughs> well, we know the Young Bucks listen to the show, right? Of course we do. It's been confirmed. How else do we get 86 weeks of absurd tag team matches? <laughs> oh, wait, no. That was the number of competitors. Sorry. <laughs> they have not had 86 man tag matches 43 people to a side there's not enough space on a ring for that that'd have to be like an 86 person stadium stampede match oh you could do it as a cybernetico yeah I guess yeah I guess you could do like a that would be a very very long torneo cybernetico though that's going to be about a 3 hour match if Unless you go you really cut things down. Okay. Okay, so so let's fancy this for a minute. Who's going to be on each side, though? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to name 43 different wrestlers. <laughs> Isn't that just Joey's clusterfuck? Maybe. But the correct answer to that question is AEW versus NXT. That's a really simple way of doing it, actually. Yes, it is. And it would work. And it would get better brand showing up than the SmackDown versus Raw Survivor Series tournaments. You actually have, you know, not Vince McMahon style wrestling happening. Oh, we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, like, okay, yes, the Performance Center does teach people Vince style wrestling. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the big names at NXT came from the indies. Or came from Japan, as it were, with Shinsuke. Like, came yeah. from having done everything but WWE, in the case of Samoa Joe. <laughs> I mean, Joe was in a WWE ring a couple times between injuries. Poor Joe. <laughs> I'm glad that he's with NXT now, so we can actually start to, like, I mean, I, I know he's, like, backstage and everything like that, but he can start to be injected into interesting storylines. Yeah, you know, work with interesting people. Work with people who aren't choo-choo trains. But that guy doesn't work there anymore. Oh, that's right, he got fired. Because <laughs> the choo-choo train thing was too embarrassing. Which makes you wonder whose idea was the choo-choo train Almost thing? Almost assuredly Vince's idea. 
Which is why when it got made fun of, Braun Strowman got fired. Oh, goodness. Okay. Before we dump on WWE for the next two hours. Only two hours? I, I don't have more you... in me. I want to yeah. get high tonight. Uh, yeah. The train noise cost too much. Cost. <laughs> they, de they definitely pulled it off of, like, free sound. Oh, yeah. This was definitely royalty free. So, do we want to talk about what's been going on in AEW over the last two weeks at Fighter Fest? Oh, I would love to. Okay. Let's talk Where about Fighter Fest then. Do you want to do it by, uh, by, by feud? We by can do it by feud. I think doing it by feud is fun. Okay. So, last week at Fighter Fest, we started the show off with Mox and Carl Anderson. For the IWGP US title. Which has been one of the more defended titles in AEW history. Yeah, no, there's been def- there's- how- okay, I'd like to compare the number of title defenses for belts not from AEW to the number of title defenses from belts for AEW, just to see. Okay, so the IWGP US title and the NWA, NWA women's, women's versus you know the TNT let's just, title. Yeah, let's just say TNT title and AEW women's title. Okay, that's a fair comparison. Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison. I think. Are you pulling this up now? Yeah, let me pull this up. <laughs> okay, while you look for that, I'm just gonna let everyone know that. This match was done under New Japan rules. So they had like a 20 count on the outside. The ref, you know, was a little more lenient, a little less useful than normal. And honestly, it can be easily forgotten with Carl Anderson since he's, since he's come out of WWE that uh, he was originally a singles wrestler. He At one time, like, he was an IWG, IWGP champion himself. He was the head of Bullet Club. <laughs> and he's a really good singles wrestler. And they actually got to show that. Hmm? Yeah, he is. <laughs> so it's like, it, it's fun to get to see tag team people who we now associate with tag team wrestling branch off on their own. Like when yeah. CD had signals matches. You know, because he's so heavily associated with SCU these days. Yep. It was so heavily associated with SCU. Oh, Now we just have the Elite Hunter. But yeah, it's like, I, I want to see more Carl Anderson singles matches. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at here. I'm sure Gallows would make a very good uh, mouthpiece on the outside. Or in his own, you know. I don't find him as interesting in singles. But I can definitely watch it. There's some sort of crass Good Brothers style joke to be made about Colin Gallows a mouthpiece. Yep. There did, definitely did, is. Did, did you hear it as soon as you said it? As soon as you pointed it out, I did. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> you set me up. It's the yep. Good Brothers. You know the two things they're about are getting high and catching a kiss. And occasionally sour face. 
and some cheating. Lots of cheating in the ring and outside the ring. Lots of cheating, ring. yeah. Just in the ring? Outside the ring, too. Shoot cheating? <laughs> Ooh, I don't want to touch that one. <laughs> I do, because I'm the worst. Oh, okay. Hold on, I gotta turn my friggin' ring light on. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm so mad. Yeah. We haven't done this in two weeks. We're just going to forget everything. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so yes, we got a very good match out of this. That saw Mox winning in the end. And then, like, immediately being challenged by Lance Archer. Okay. Who he beat for the IWGP US Championship. A year and a half ago yeah. at Wrestle Kingdom in a Texas death match. So they decided, let's do that again in Texas because we're traveling again. <laughs> you know? It's a good idea. Good programming. Mm-hmm. And so that that was a Texas death match they put on. Yeah, was it a death match or was it a Okay. I would call this a death match. I would call this a hardcore match. Okay. It's not quite death match. It, you're not going to see it on H2O. Not going to have some light tubes getting cracked over someone's head. Exactly. But they Bye. went out and they fought through the crowd and they got to the outside and you could blatantly see Archer blading. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of weapons. And there's a couple tables with barbed wire on them. Better barbed wire than in the last one. Okay. Update. There were 26 TNT title defenses and 17 women's title matches on okay. in AEW history. I'm still researching the other stuff, but I doubt it's going to be more than 40. The NWA one was not, double, was not defended 40 digits. times. And then the US Championship was five or six, I think, right now. Anyway, I'm still telling you about this match where, yeah, kendo sticks and trash cans and pulling up the floor mats. And it ended up on this one with Lance Archer putting Mox through two tables with barbed wire on them, and Mox couldn't answer it at a 10 count. Probably partially because he was being held down by barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, that'll do you. <laughs> so it was, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a weird perv, and I enjoy watching people get bloody. Yes, you do. I thought this that was a was... fun match. This match is right up your alley. Yes, it is. <laughs> Perfect match for me. Yeah, lots of bleeding, lots of biting. Lots I mean, there's fighting. a reason why I watch Deathmatch Wrestling. <laughs> yes, there is. I think, like, just one time I would like to get a light tube. I'd like to get hit by a light tube. No more than once, just to feel what it feels like. Because... It has to be indescribable. Yeah, I don't know what you'd expect from it, because it's like 
light glass and gas. So, like... <laughs> Thank you, Lilith. Someone understands me. Weirdos. It would just be cool. Like, it, it'd, be, it'd be an interesting experience, and it would give me a greater context for what it feels like mm -hmm. when someone's wrestling a deathmatch with light tubes. I don't think it's that weird. Like, I mean, okay, so, like, you kind of have a pretty good grasp of what it's like to fall down and, like, onto a hard surface, right? Everyone's tripped and fallen before. Yeah. Excuse me. Everyone's fallen getting the off the swing set. Everyone's fallen in... Everyone's been hit by a chair. All those are reasonable yep. things to understand. But a light tube? My mom yelled at me for getting hit by a chair. Because it was one of her good chairs. Okay, that's reasonable. It was also a wooden bottom chair. Aaron. Pretty sure I got a concussion out of that. Yeah, I... Okay. <laughs> You're like... That, you know that video of those, like, British guys who are all shirtless hitting each other with the chairs and the one guy messes up and, like, hits the guy in the spine with the like edge of the chair instead of the flat of the chair yeah. and the guy just like collapses onto the ground because they're all pissed drunk that's what it sounds yeah. like you're describing i mean not quite because i still finished the match that that sounds about right i then no. got dt'd onto the thing oh yeah yeah mom didn't like that one either no okay, it was the good chair because it's <laughs> <laughs> It was the only folding chair we could find. Go to the hardware store and buy one! We didn't have a car that day. My god. Like, you know how hard it is to carry folding chairs back when you're all on bikes? Could you not get bungee cords and strap it to your back? Like some weird backpack? Yeah. Like your, um, what's-his-face? Um, you know the guy from, um... The world's first stranding type game. World's first stranding? What? It, it's the, the main character from Death Stranding. Oh, okay. Which Hideo Kojima described as the world's first stranding type game. Because right. he assumed yep. people would want to make... Yes, Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. Thank you. I guess really what I could have done is put it like between my back and my backpack. Yeah. That would have worked. Yeah, but that would have required a little bit more forethought than and you were capable of, given that you did take a DDT onto that chair. Yeah, I wasn't known for my foreplanning as a kid or as an <laughs> adult. One probably led to the other. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, God, Aaron. <laughs> Part of me misses backyard wrestling. Part of me definitely doesn't. Yeah, the, the the survival instinct part of you, the part of you <laughs> yeah. that's happy to be alive now because you transitioned instead of being a depressed egg. <laughs> I took chair shots to feel things, man. That I don't know that that's, that's a false statement. Yeah, I know. I got to think on that one, actually. <laughs> I might have just pressed myself. <laughs> Oh, Aaron, I love you. This is, this is such a weird fucking show.
Oh. I love you too. <laughs> the only kind of wrestling I did as a kid was like the very, very, very worked wrestling that I did with my brother. Mm hmm. Um, his finishing move was basically picking me up from under, like, from my underarms and kneeing me in the coccyx. <laughs> it was not a comfortable finishing move. No? It was effective, because, ow. Yeah. I just did a rock bottom. I don't think I ever won a match. <laughs> so I spent many years jobbing to my brother in bedroom <laughs> wrestling. Go Took a DDT <laughs> underground, which I don't recommend. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of regrettable things that we do as children. When we're young and indestructible and fueled on testosterone. Yeah, no, I mean, there's. I probably still would have done dumb stuff where I fueled on estrogen, just not violent dumb stuff. I would have done different dumb stuff. Yep. Potentially more damaging dumb stuff now that I think about it. Like what? Anyway. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's the Back next thing we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about what's going on with um, Orange Cassidy and Sting and Darby and Wheeler Yuta? And the Blade and Bunny and all of this? Orange Cassidy's got a couple of feuds going on right now, huh? Yeah, there's like a whole thing going on. Like, first of all... Hi, Moki, they... welcome. They've basically brought Wheeler Yuta into AEW. We're just waiting for the All Elite announcement. I, you know, probably a pretty good fit. Mm-hmm. I wonder who gets the independent wrestling title after that, then. I don't know, but he's still got a couple shows coming up where he's booked as such, so we'll see. Fingers crossed that it goes to someone cool. Yep. I mean, that's not hard to do on indie wrestling. It's indie wrestling. It could be literally any number of really, really amazing people. So yeah, he's got his thing with uh, Wheeler, Huda, and Darby. He's got his thing with the Bunny and the Blade. It's mm -hmm. kind of him and Statlander as a team. Yep. But yeah, no, um, Orange Cassidy and Thing... Facing off is probably the highlight of this week for me. <laughs> I, okay. So knowing that Orange Cassidy was coming out with Wheeler Yuta because that was on the poster. Mm -hmm. It's like, he's going to bump into Sting at some point. How is Sting going to react to that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got the best possible reaction, I think. Which was... Entirely. Mm-hmm. It's like it it worked so well. Kick. But let's Kick. let's talk briefly here about the way that this is booked because I think it's fascinating. Okay. By pairing Orange Cassidy with someone who is as okay, so I don't know it like whether Yuta is a heel. On the indies. On the indies. Is he booked as a face? He's been more of a face in AEW. Darby is also a face. 
Yeah, no, they just had a good match. Like, what was the other match they had on here? They, they had Nala Rose and Britt Baker, who are both supposed to be heels. Mm -hmm. So they booked a heel versus heel and a face versus face match. But yeah, Wheeler Yuta, when he started, he had first match with Carl Anderson. Right. Second match with, I can't remember. And then the third was teaming up with best friends against a jobber team. No, private party. Basically yeah, a jobber team at some points. Yeah. I it's It's interesting because I'm just so prepared to boo Wheeler Yuta. Mm-hmm. That I'm like already set with my Freddy just like Ready for and that then he comes out and he's like with the best friends and it's like, yeah, no, he's cool. Are we okay. sure about that? I'm a little bit culture shocked, but I'm recovering. I'm okay with this. Let's go. <laughs> it's just, you know, he, he's a very good heel on the indies. There's, mm -hmm. I don't, I, unless it was like a thing where like Orange Cassidy specifically requested like, hey, if we're looking for new young talent, I got your guy. It's Wheeler Yuta. I'll even yeah, mentor cause, him. Because uh, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor were both trainers of his. Yeah. Like, Wheeler Yuta comes out of Chikara, so... There's a lot of, a lot of talent that's come out of Chikara. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, no, I, like... It just feels a little... I think I might like indie wrestling better. Yeah, that's my no, that's secret. Totally fair. Is that I enjoy indie wrestling more than I enjoy the big brands. Yeah, no, that's totally fair, and I can understand that as someone who's been watching all of AEW for the past three weeks. There's a lot of it. Yeah, it, it's 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 a lot. Like between there's there's gonna be. Pretty soon, there's going to be four AEW shows every yep. week. Two of them of variable length. They could be 45 minutes. They could be three hours. Yeah, it... it... Okay, let's, let's talk about giving Bizarro, a.k.a. Claudio Castagnoli, a belt. <laughs> do it. Yes, you should do it, because he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. He's just not a Vince wrestler. No, he's far too talented. He, <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. A lot of really talented guys are Vince wrestlers. <laughs> right, but they are talented because they work as Vince wrestlers in a company that emphasizes Vince wrestling. Yeah, they, it they, they work makes well them in shine more because that's who <clears throat> they're working against. Yep. Yeah. No. I, there's a lot of people who I would like to see be able to do other things at the same time i can see why cesaro isn't going to be one of those guys they ever let go on a wednesday because he can just make anyone they need shine because mm -hmm. no, he's very talented and he can mm -hmm. put people over um we as... love our mysterious ice cream as an aside, uh, we're going to skip a couple 
hours ahead, like an hour and a half ahead. My recommendation for this week is you should watch the cage match between Cesaro and Brody Lee. I Sorry, will Claudio Castagnoli and Brody Lee. It's on YouTube. Yeah, I will go find it. <laughs> it's an incredible match. I, I can pull it up. But I've already got it. Okay. <laughs> so, this is like one of the defining matches of the I'd call it like mid-2000s, late-2000s era of Chikara, right before the fake shutdown that was a real shutdown. Mm-hmm. Right around... It's just... It's one of those matches. It, that real, like, golden era that people look back with nostalgia. It's... I mean, like... Meltzer gave it five stars and is an indie show. Yep. That should tell you all you need to know. <laughs> okay, so what other feuds we have going on? We have... I, I'm... Like I said, I think my summary is I like Orange Cassidy and Sting mirroring each other. I thought that was cute and fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was... Uh, Honestly, watching him do the kicks, like, okay, this is cool. And then he just goes in that, and I lost it. Mm -hmm. I was gone. <laughs> you could ask Ray, I was completely gone. <laughs> it's just, a, like, I don't know. I think it's fun to let people with such different styles just kind of, like, have a little bit of fun. Yeah, give them a moment. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and Jim Cornette would agree that I am wrong. But fuck Jim Cornette. On a lot of things. I think wrestling should be fun. Yeah. Like, you should have fun watching wrestling. It's not mm -hmm. a real sport, so you should have fun with it. Like, I, I understand you get into the main event pictures and stuff. Yes, it gets more serious up there. There's, you want to put value on the prize they're all working towards there. Right. You get lower in the card, you can have a lot of fun. You could still have fun at the top of the card. Like, mm -hmm. you can't tell me that the weird video game... You can't... When Kenny Omega does his Kefka-esque promos... <laughs> it's... Fun. Right? Like, he's playing this cartoonish villain. Mm-hmm. He's doing his little cackle laugh, and... Like... You're allowed to have fun with those things. Yeah. They don't all have to be life or death. Like, but at the like, same time, the, the attitude of the entire group he surrounded himself with makes that look more serious, which is really good on all of their parts, actually. Right, no, like, I think, like, the point that I would like to make here is that you can be funny, you can have fun, and still have the characters treat it seriously. Yes. Right? Like, I mean, there's a reason why corpsing is a term. Because objectively, a lot of stuff that wrestlers say is funny. I mean, like, just Especially look back at, like, I, like, look back at, like, 80s and 90s wrestling, where it was a question of how many, like, homoerotic jokes can we fit in while not breaking? <laughs> yep. The amount of times that some wrestler or another growled that he was going to beat his opponent off or something like that, like, <laughs> it's clearly intended to be funny. 
yeah, if nothing else, if the audience isn't paying attention for whatever reason, the, it'll just go over their heads and they'll think you're just being threatening. Right. Everyone paying any attention is going to lose themselves. Because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think people should be allowed to enjoy the things that they watch, you know? That would be great. There's some people who complain, though, that I don't think even enjoy the stuff they watch, so... No, like, the the weird Cornette fans who, like, are so... The ones who, especially the ones who, like, fucking hate Nick Gage. Because he's... <laughs> yeah. The ones who are, like, he's a criminal, he shouldn't be on TV. Meanwhile, how many... How many ex-cons has Cornette booked? Um, yes. Because it used to be one of the only jobs you could get as an ex-con. <laughs> I mean, so, like, I mean, Cornette is basically responsible for New Jack having her career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we gonna just forget about New Jack? He's only been dead for, like, a month. Nah, they love New Jack. <laughs> no, they don't. I, I don't, I don't understand them or what they want. <laughs> and, like, and I have absolute, I'm, like, I'm not trying to, like, shame any of these wrestlers for their their past. Like, I mean, like, look at look at Booker T. Yep. No, most wrestlers you, you come across will have some kind of record. It's just kind of a thing <laughs> where you deal with the atmosphere of a lot of 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s wrestling backstages. Like, that's just what happens. And, like, I... I don't... The, the, a lot of the criticism that they level at Nick Gage is that he's a meth head or whatever, and, like... Yeah, how he, many he... of the guys that Jim Cornette booked were coke fiends? Mm -hmm. It was, like, all of them in the 80s. Like, wrestling and coke are best friends. Yeah, especially when you get to places like WWE, where... Weed is against company policy. You have to go to something for as a painkiller. Mm -hmm. It's going to be drugs or pills or alcohol. And coke goes out of your system very quickly. Yep, like back back in the early nineties, even like the the nasty boys were getting in trouble with this because they had weed with them. Because that's the one that won't get you killed. <laughs> That's the one that, like, you know, most of the time, the worst thing that's going to happen is you maybe eat a little bit too much. Yeah. Or you're completely immune and whatever. Okay. We need to find alternative methods because clearly <laughs> edibles don't work. There's a, there's a strong chance that you are just, much like Scott Steiner, a genetic freak. Yep. And are immune to THC. <laughs> which is kind of frustrating. A little bit, actually. <laughs> I don't get to do fun things. But anyway. That was a tangent. Yes, it was. You know what else is a good tangent? Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks. Oh, that's not a tangent. That's on topic. Because I'm <laughs> so happy with this match. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
and Team Taz played this one straight. Like, they weren't going to be involved. They kept it clean when we, Ricky tried to bring the belt in. Mm-hmm. And then Starks and Cage had an amazing match. I want to see this again. Yes, I want... Now, here's where we get to the truth. The, the real honest-to-God... There is one AEW belt that's been defended fewer times than any of <laughs> the NWA World Women's or the New Japan American, mm -hmm. the IWGP US, whatever the fuck. And that is the FTW title. Yeah. Even on the pay-per-view with all the titles being defended. Not the FTW, but... The FTW title has now got one defense to its name. <laughs> There's a Brian Cage uh, versus one Ricky Starks match. Yeah. Honestly, Cage is healed up, it looks like. Because when yeah. he first signed, he had that big arm injury mm -hmm. on his big arm. Because he's massive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looking at this match, like, I think he's about healed up 100%, it looks like. Which is good. I, I, I'm excited to see Brian Cage kind of go off on his own and do his own thing because I think he has the potential to be a better character than he has been with Team Taz. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not that I dislike Team Taz. Although, I'd say a bunch of my affection for Team Taz does come from Taz on commentary on Dark. <laughs> easily, easily. Like, what was it? Was it this week that Taz said, I'm new at this? Yes. Taz, who's been doing commentary for over a decade. And doing dark since it started. It's... I'm new at this, bro. <laughs> I love how fucking chaotic AEW Dark is. It's, like, it's just, it's just like 45 minutes to three hours of Excalibur razzing Taz. It's all ribs. It's a rib it's rib. two in the morning and they're tired. And they've got planes to catch at four. Yep. No, it's 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 a lot of it's a it is a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. It brings me immense amounts of joy, even if most of what I catch comes from Botchamania. <laughs> Matthew just grabs the good stuff, really. Yeah, no, like there's there's fun stuff no matter what, but you know, just enjoy Catching the, uh, catching the highlights of weird things Taz says. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in, in this one, though, like, Team Taz was on the outside hook and Hobbs. And they grabbed the belt away from Ricky when he tried to bring it in. And then Hobbs blasts Cage with it, setting him up to lose. So, if nothing else out of this, I want to see Cage versus Hobbs. Yeah, that'll be fun. Like, you you want big meaty men slapping meat? That's big meaty men slapping meat. I guess the problem with that is that I don't see there being a way that Team Taz doesn't interfere with Cage's matches against the rest of Team Taz. Exactly, Because now yeah. that he's betrayed them, Taz is out for blood. Yep. Um, I don't know if you've... There's a draw... There's, like, fan art that I saw a while back that has... Like, all of Team Taz drawn to proportion, and then just a tiny little Taz. <laughs> it's like, 
everyone else is like to scale and Taz is like this big. <laughs> but he'll still suplex you. Yes. <laughs> Perfectly. With great form. He is the human suplex machine after all. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. So anyway, um it was I, I there's a lot of really good a lot of really good stuff happening in W right. Like, I, there's not a ton to complain about. No, like, the best you can do is complain about, like, reactions to individual matches. But, like, that's not in their control. No, people are going to react how they react, no matter what. Uh, so, do we want to move on to what I would consider the most interesting of the feuds? Or do we want to talk about Andrade? The most interesting? Most alluring. Let's do Andrade. Okay, so Andrade has just come into AEW mm-hmm. to completely tear up in the best possible way. I yeah, he... love everything Andrade has done since joining AEW, especially bringing on Travel Guerrero. Oh my god, I was not expecting that this week. It's one of those things that, like, Ooh, that was a good call. I, I want to know if they told Vicky first. I assume. That Chavo was showing, or, or if it was just a big surprise. I assume that they told her, right? I, I, I would think so, but I think the surprise of, what the hell are you doing here, is hilarious. <laughs> right, but if there's anyone who can act that, it's Vicky mm-hmm. Guerrero. Yeah. I... I genuinely adore her. <laughs> she, like, she's a blessing. I, wrestling is so much better for having Vicky Guerrero in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had Andrade come out last week asking, where is the Death Triangle? He's looked around and he couldn't find them. Mm-hmm. So this week, he just went right up to the ring and said, where is Death Triangle? And they came out. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. Andrade is literally only a year. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't look at anyone's age anymore. <laughs> I got old. Yeah. Which is to say that I am in my 30s now. My hips don't feel good when I wake up. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to get a supported seat cushion soon. I mean, this chair is, like, very, very, very supportive. <laughs> okay. I paid a lot of money to get a very good chair. Fair enough. I'm in it most of the day, because, like, I have my day job, and then I have this, and I have podcast editing to do and everything like that. I wanted a chair that was going to be comfortable for long-term use, so I got one that has really good lumbar support. My back doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah. My hips do because I sit like a fegula. That's fair. You know, we can't really fight that. No, that's fair. It's one of those things. Also, <laughs> for the listeners and viewers, is not a slur. It's just how you say gay in Yiddish. <laughs> Suddenly, Robin Hood men in tights makes a lot more sense. 
Did you really not get when Rabbi Tuckman said Fegulus? I didn't understand what he was saying. I, I got the implication of what he was saying, but now I understand the word. No, no, it, it's a really good word because it means so. I mean, like the literal translation is a small dove, which is a just such a cute way to refer to gay people. <laughs> They're little doves. They're fegulas. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> I'm not even sorry. You don't need to be. Okay. So this week, Andrade in the ring brings out Chavo as his new spokesperson manager kind of deal. And calls out Death Triangle again. Specifically to give Pentagon and Phoenix, who's back, and looked so excited to be back, actually. He wanted to make them a deal where they work for him instead of working for Pac. But he missed a really important point in that. In that Phoenix and Penta don't work for Pac. They all just like to kick people's asses, which they then tried to do, but the rest broke it up. Uh, hey, breaking news. Breaking? Breaking news. About a minute they... ago, um, a certain gr gritty hockey player has announced that, sorry, a gritty wrestler, rather, has mm -hmm. announced that they are going to be changing their name. Okay. Uh, their Twitter at still says the old name, but it's like a oh. dysphoria thing, and uh, someone owns that name. Yeah. Like Quackenbush. And I'm very excited to see what they come up with and what's next for them. It's awesome. Absolutely deserve to feel good about themselves when they get introduced in the ring and feel good about how they are billed and themselves in any way shape or form and i'm excited for what comes next that's really cool i can't wait to hear more so for now they're just mix mccoy yeah i i love that title by the way that is a pretty good name mm -hmm. like a mx in general is just good usage of english so yes, uh, Death, Triangle just, Death Triangle just hangs out with Pac because Pac is there and also likes to hurt people. Yep. The Lucha Bros are really just in it for the violence, not for any loyalty. And it's really cool because a good portion of this whole interview, meeting, promo kind of thing was done in Spanish. Uh, it's just, it's always enjoyable to get to hear people, like, cut promos in their native language. Yeah, like, Penta stuff was translated because that's what Alex Abrahantes does for him. Penta said. <laughs> but other than that, like, they just let them go. Like, if you don't know it, just try to figure it out, but we're not translating it all for you, so... We're respecting you as an audience to do your, your job here. 
Yeah, no, it's like it 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 definitely shows a level of respect for the audience to say we're not going to handhold you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna let these people speak with passion and with fire and with a better command of the language that they're speaking in because we feel that that level of passion communicates regardless of complete comprehension and it's not like fans of uh, you know, it's not like fans of American wrestling from different countries have the luxury of everything being translated for them either yep and They're also it, fucking deal bud it, it probably did have a little to do with this one taking place in Texas where I would hope more people understand some Spanish I mean, the border's right there. I'd hope. I'd hope. <laughs> but yeah, no, it it was a cool promo. I want to see who Andrade brings in so he doesn't get his ass completely kicked by three different people. Because <laughs> his agent and Chavo aren't going to do a whole lot. <laughs> Although Chavo did have that very, very, very good marathon match during a <laughs> talking shop a mania yep yep i think he died after that or something something like that uh yeah i do that's my thought too is andrade bringing over russian dragon lee from ring of honor that would work that would make sense that, that would be so cool and it ties into a little bit of stuff in mexico too which is always fun. I, I don't know. I like I like how open wrestling feels right now. Like, yeah. I talked to you about this this week. Yeah. It feels like anything can happen in wrestling right now. And, yeah. like, the amount of crossover that happens, it's like, you know when you get, like, a really good major story arc in comic books and there's a lot of crossover issues between the different like books and everything like that and you gotta do a lot of work to keep up that's what this feels like in a really enjoyable way like mm -hmm. you can keep up by keeping up with only one product but you're not getting the full story just like if you only buy i, I don't know superman uh, x-force you're not gonna get the whole civil war story yeah and it's like if you just watch AEW, you get a lot of really good stuff going on. If you watch Impact, you know Jay White showed up there. Yeah, you had to... Completely oh, unannounced. Jay White. Cat will go straight for Jay White. Or at least bye. Look, I'm still figuring things out. That's fair. I'm I, like, teased. only a month ago figured out that I was a bottom, so give me some space. It'll take a uh, while. I thought, for... I thought that was two months ago. Whatever it was. We're not going to talk <laughs> about that because. Okay. We're not going to talk about it then. We're not going to talk about it then. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, if you do this, I'm going to call you a bottom. <laughs> I mean, most of that was me playing it up but yeah I no know. it's yes Aitsu points out that this is like a good version of the new 52 yeah 
And unlike the New 52, I don't just have to read Harley Quinn so I can enjoy something out of it. What do you mean? You didn't like the Court of Owls storyline? Or I've... the Joker getting his face cut off storyline? Or whatever the fuck was happening to Superman at the time? Because I only read Detective Comics? But you see, Harley Quinn was in a roller derby league. Okay, I should have been reading Harley Quinn, huh? Yeah, I've got a bunch of them here. Actually, I'll try to find the next I've got a off. bunch of my uh, Detective Comics and Bat Family stuff in... I got some My Little Ponies if you want to read that, too. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't particularly care for DC. It just was convenient at the time that I started getting into comics again that it was what was available. Because it's like, oh, DC is doing a full reboot. I can start getting into comics and not have to have decades of context. No, My Little Pony was a different brand that did it. So, yeah, it's just, it's, anyway. you know, DC is bad, Marvel is bad, comics are bad, buy indie things. Buy indie comics. Buy indie comics. I mean, like, there's some really, not to go on a complete tangent. We'd never do that on this show. But there's some, like, really incredible stories told in indie comics that you don't get anywhere else. Like, except if by some... Miracle of a chance, those comics get made into movies that happen to star Iggy Pop. <laughs> this is completely just me talking about the movie slash comic book series Persepolis, which, if you've never seen it, is genuinely incredible. I mean, my favorite movie star is an indie comic, so... What's your favorite movie, Aaron? The Crow. Interesting, I did not know The Crow was your favorite movie. I thought I'd mentioned that before. Probably, but I also have a bad memory. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll put the crow on sometime and I'll just go, ooh. ooh. It's so 90s. <laughs> ooh. Sorry, I sound like a uh, fucking Ooblets NPC. <laughs> oh. There's a game I haven't heard of in a while. <laughs> it's, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. I think it launched too early. Probably. But they needed the money to keep making it. You know, like, at a certain point, eh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I'll come back yeah. to it later. Oh. Anyway. So, what, what's this other big, exciting, mysterious storyline you were talking about before? Oh, you mean The Five Labors of Jericho? What a weird concept. Right? Is Jericho being played as some sort of Heracles figure? Is he playing himself as a Heracles figure? No. It's Jericho. Okay. Jericho okay. doesn't claim to be the son of Zeus, does he? He said he was the god of thunder. Did he? Yes. I must have missed that. Okay, so maybe Jericho's playing it as a Heracles story. Um, not that he, you know, Zeus being the god of thunder and Heracles being... Anyway, so we had the first of the labors this week. Mm -hmm. Jericho versus Sean Spears, with the stipulation that Spears can use a chair, Jericho cannot. Yeah, it's an interesting stipulation. It's not... It's a fun handicap. It's not the farthest reaching they could go, but no. it's a good starting point. 
And I love Sean, Sean Spears, so I just want to see him more. And, like, it was... It was fun. It was a good match. It did end with Sammy having to interfere, though. Yeah. Because Tully Blanchard cheated first. Yep, so Sammy just got him off the uh, apron and got him out of the ringside area. Mm-hmm. I did like at the start where something was happening with JR's phone, so it sounded like he was physically phoning in his match right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, that sounds very Jericho. Not very Jericho, very very Ugh, my brain is broken. That sounds very, very JR. Jim yeah, Ross and then Jeff was been, on the comms. Jim Ross has been phoning it in for decades. <laughs> and I don't blame him for continuing to collect a paycheck. Yeah, no. So, yeah, MJF was also on commentary for this one. Yes, which is always fun. You know, we love seeing MJF. We love hearing MJF. God, he's so annoying. I love him. Like, I'm not big on Jericho. I want Jericho to put his fist through MJF's face at the end of this just for catharsis. Okay, yeah, I guess that's fair. I'm not big on Jericho for a multitude of shoot reasons, which is why mm -hmm. I want MJF to win this feud. Because I want these long-standing feuds that MJF has, I want for him to continue winning them. Yes. Because I think MJF continuing to win these weird feuds, like these weird long-running feuds, the feud with Cody, feud yep. got with Jericho, like, if MJF just keeps coming Jungle out on Boy. top and never actually gets his comeuppance, that's just so perfect. And then, you know, in three to four years, when he's in the main event picture, it can all crash down on him. Exactly, like... Jericho comes out of retirement or whatever to, like, beat up MJF on the side of the ring. It's like, they, all of the people that MJF has wronged surround <laughs> him and destroy him in three Honestly, to four years. I will be the most happy when Jungle Boy beats MJF for the world title. That'll be good. Um... One of the ones that's important to me is Wardlow betraying MJF. That's gotta be yep. that's gotta be the thing that makes him lose the match. Yeah, that that's that's gotta be a big thing at some point. Right? Like MJF can lose individual matches throughout this whole thing, mm. but the culmination of the feud should continue to be MJF winning. Yes. Because I like to see MJF win, and also because I think it makes his, like, his continued feuds very interesting that, like, kind of come to expect that the bad guy's not going to get his comeuppance. Mm -hmm. And I love that. They're building MJF and Wardlow, like, Batiste and Triple H. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, a little bit. So... Jericho wins with a Judas effect, and then yep. MJF says, and it comes out clapping sarcastically, Mazel tov, Chris, congrats on your win. Uh, only next time it's going to be harder, because you've still got a bunch more trials. I've got a special surprise. Uh, uh, and then he points at the wrong tunnel. Yep. And then out of the heel tunnel... tunnel. 
comes Nick frickin' Gage. Cat, we're allowed to swear on this show. I know, but I was quoting I MJF directly there. Oh my god. You, you wanna know what I really didn't expect this week on Dynamite? Nick fucking Gage? Nick fucking Gage? MDK all fucking day! <laughs> Just... So they're setting up a death match. An A no disqualifications match. Oh, okay, that that's better actually. A no disqualifications match for next week on Dynamite between Nick fucking Gage and Chris Jericho in his persona of the Painmaker. Yep. So it was really nice that Jericho had a career this long. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I hope he enjoys retirement. Do you think he makes it to retirement? I hope so. <laughs> I don't really want to see that on live TV. That's that's fair. That that that, that was mostly it. I know. I know. Erko's actually going to die. <laughs> like, I'm very excited for this match, even if it is going to be a watered-down version of it. Oh, yeah. But even still, like, Dynamite brought in, what, what was it? 1.15 1. 1. million? 1.15 last week million people watching diamond so that many people saw nick gage already mm -hmm. over a million people know who nick gage is now and probably i i assume a bunch of them went to look him up yep and then about and then immediately closed their browser window 60 percent of them were disgusted uh joking aside though like it's really cool that he's getting this shot i know this oh, isn't yeah. going to be a permanent no. Like, wasn't it the rumor that last year for the... When they got Eddie Kingston, it was supposed to be Nick Gage, but he injured himself at the Beyond Homecoming show. By breaking his ankle. Yes. No, it was GCW Homecoming, and there was the Beyond show in the afternoon where he was yeah. wrestling as a trio with someone else and Tony Deppin and they got billed as murder, Deppin, kill. Yep. That's the match he broke his ankle. Yep. I could probably go find the exact spot because he spent a lot of time outside getting checked. <laughs> yeah, and then he had to pull out of GCW's homecoming show that night. Mm-hmm. And then AEW was like, well, no Nick Gage, I guess we're getting Eddie Kingston. And look how that turned out. Oh, they yeah. got, like, I think they might, they might have, like, lucked out on that one. Honestly? Like, yeah. I love Nick Gage, but his presence is going to be a temporary thing in AEW. Mm -hmm. Because he's not interested in hooker glass wrestling. He's not interested in sanded down barbed wire wrestling. He's interested in beating Death people match. with light tubes. Yeah. It's going to be very, very exciting to see him get to prove that he's actually a good wrestler. Yep. In front of hopefully over a million people. And I've said it before on here. 
this is one of like the absolute strengths I see in AEW in that they are willing to bring in people regardless of big name, little name, whatever. They're willing to bring people in for one or two or three show sprints. Mm-hmm. And then we're not going to worry about signing you. You're just going to show up, do what we need, and we've got your number for later. We're going to have fun. You're going to have fun. We're going to get a good match out of it. You're going to get better recognition out of it. It's like mm-hmm. you get paid for it. There's yeah. literally no downside as an indie wrestler to doing that. Other yeah. than like maybe just a little bit of street cred. But like, like fucking Gage is willing to do it. Who are you to say no, you know? Yeah. You're not more hardcore than Nick fucking Gage. <laughs> so be... you know what? Take the payday. Yeah. I'd be interested to see like there's a lo- there's a lot of talent out there that I'd like to see get to wrestle on the big stage, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Ricky Shane Page a couple weeks ago. That's true. We did see RSP. We've seen Pretty Boy Smooth. I still really want them to get a very good professional wrestler on there. I think that would be very good. Mm-hmm. I think he'd have a, a great... Yeah, we had Willow. We now officially have Thunder Rosa. Yes, Thunder Rosa is now officially All Elite. Yeah, because... Her contract wasn't running out until next year, but she wanted out of NWA to go over to AEW, so AEW just bought the contract out. <laughs> yeah? No, I mean, like, oh, you know, hopefully. first of all, like, I think the expectation is probably that, so this is, I'm, I'm thinking about this in the perspective of hockey, right? Like, mm-hmm. when you have a player in the last year of their contract and you expect that they will be very expensive to re-sign next year, it makes far more sense to ship them off somewhere else yep. for something than it does to lose them for nothing. Yep. And in this case, it's clear that Thunder Rosa was not going to re-sign with NWA and even if she did, she would be much more expensive because she's a television-ready household name. So if I'm Billy Corgan, if I'm a rat in a cage somewhere, I'm going to be like, okay, AEW wants to buy out this contract. I can get whatever million or whatever for it. I'm going to take the million. You know, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the money, mm-hmm. especially for somewhere like NWA that hasn't had a lot of chances to perform. That money is something they need. Now the rumor is also that uh, WWE was interested in Thunder Rosa. That checks um, out as a referee. Yep, that checks out. <laughs> uh, speaking uh, of Thunder Rosa, though. Can we talk about her, her <laughs> fucking ring gear at Slammiversary? Where she showed up as the surprise opponent for Diana Prazo? Mm-hmm. It was incredible. If you haven't seen it, you owe it to yourself to look up Thunder Rosa's Slammiversary ring gear. It's, I think it's, it's her Twitter profile picture right now. It almost assuredly is. It is. She's yeah. got 
a very like strong presence of Aztec warrior, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so good. cool looking. I still haven't seen Slammiversary. I hear all the matches were really good. They got there was a fork involved in Kenny's. There's a pizza cutter involved in Kenny's. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's another thing. Cage brought out a pizza cutter. Yep. Apparently like, oh, pizza God. cutters are like the new faux deathmatch item. Okay. I I I can see why. I mean like they're relatively safe. Have you ever tried to cut yourself with a pizza cutter? Uh thankfully no. Okay. I get bored and sometimes play with knives because I'm a knife pervert. Pizza cutters are not sharp. You see I, I get bored and respect my knives. Sure. <laughs> I respect my knives, too. I still play with them. It's closed. It's safe. It's secure. Like, a pizza cutter can cut you, but it's the kind of thing where you have to put a lot of pressure on. And particularly because of the wheelie nature of it. Like, it's not gonna stay stable, so it just kind of like... Kind of like, uh, kind of like a Warburton wheel. A Wartenberg pinwheel. There we go. Yeah, uh, it's a Patrick Warburton wheel. The wheel for Cusco. Cusco's wheel. <laughs> oh, that was a good podcast we used to have. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> you set yourself up for that one. Probably. But yeah, no. Wartenberg pinwheels are great. Um, I said that. Yep. <laughs> yes, you did. On our innocent podcast about wrestling. Where you've definitely never perved on anything. Well, it's been fun, everyone. I'm going to go <laughs> hang my head in shame. <laughs> Really, what I think we need to do now is do a Patreon-only episode, just going over kinks and stuff. Oh, thank God. He's gone. Now it's just my show. You can hear my boring ramblings about wrestling. But you get that anyway. Okay, I actually need Kat to come back now, because I want to talk about the Hagman stuff. But I know... Uh, He's going to be just as excited as me. Kidding, I'm back. I got a white claw. I didn't get the pinwheel. Oh, good. I don't want us to get banned. I, I was saying it's great. It's my show now. But oh. I want to talk with the hangman stuff, and I need you here for that, because I'm sure you're going to be just as excited. Hangman who? I'm here for John Silver and John Silver only. I mean, that's completely valid. That's that's a lie, though. It's... It, 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 I mean, have you seen him? And now he's got, like... Nope, I'm not gonna say that on this show. Okay, who are we talking about? Hangman. Okay. I mean, like, the fact that he's gonna be a dad means he's definitely got that... Um... How do I say this in a way that's TOS friendly? Hangman fucks. Right, we already know he's also 
Pong Man. <laughs> yep. Go back to some old being the elite for that. So I guess Hangman got that dad dick, you know? Yep. There's something special about it. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, he's a DILF. Look, like I said, I'm still figuring out what my sexuality is. I will go back to what I said two years ago. Uh, Hangman's hot. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy. <laughs> oh, of course. His politics are good, too. Yeah. He's not a piece of shit. That's the best part. He just wants to wrestle and cut his lawn and not have people suffer. So, uh, so that's what we were saying. So there's a there's the there's the feud story, whatever you want to call it, that's been building for two years. It's the star of the company, basically. Of how Hangman got his groove back. Yep. AEW is the story of Hangman Adam Page. Thus far. Yep. I think like. AEW, the story of AEW is closely tied to the story of Hangman Adam Page. But I would also mm. contend that the story of AEW is the story of Jungle Boy. The Jungle Book, if you will. I would contend that AEW is the story of MJF. Okay, yeah. The story of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Cody, those all go beyond AEW. Yeah, that's like the running start they needed. So they get all this groundwork going for all this other stuff we see now. And I'm incredibly, incredibly glad we get to see all of this really cool stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Because there's... I... Go ahead. I just wish I could hit fast forward because I want to see what we get to. <laughs> But much like Adam Sandler and Click, we don't want to fast forward through our entire lives and miss all the good parts and the bad mm -hmm. parts. Yep. You're going to eat a prickly pear. Don't use the bear paw. Use the claw claw. What? I think this is a quote from a movie. Or it's from the game Spy Fox. <laughs> the first Maybe. time I heard about prickly pears was in the game Spy Fox. Okay. <laughs> So, and like, we're getting to the climax of one of those stories. Specifically Adam Page and Kenny Omega. With Adam Page's complete fall off in confidence and into alcoholism, abuse by friends and outsiders, to getting picked up by the Dark Order and supported. And just being their friend. <laughs> which is what people honestly need, to last week, where Paige was brought out for an interview that quickly got interrupted mm -hmm. by Callus and the Elite, who just took every cheap shot they could at him over the past two, week, two years. Matt Jackson even pointing out how much his breath smelled of liquor still. So Hangman punched him. <laughs> Deservedly so. And then he punched a lot of other people. And then the Dark Order came out. 
because they got his back on this. Yeah, they do, because they're his friends. They're not there for, like, glory or a chance at the titles or anything like that. They're there because Hangman is their friend, and mm-hmm. they care about their friends. Mm-hmm. And so what came of this was we're going to get next week a 5v5 Dark Order versus the Elite. And Kenny offered this up with if they lose, if the Dark Order loses, then Hangman loses his title shot. And Uno and Grayson, I'm guessing, will lose the title shot that was put on the line for them in the match. Mm-hmm. So, but if they win... But if they win, everyone gets their title shots, which... It's amazing. Including, uh, did, did, does that include Ten going after Miro? No, they only did the heavyweight and the tag titles. That's Because no one in the elite has the TNT titles. But so they, they are really... EVPs. Do you really want to piss off Miro like that? Potentially, God's favorite champion. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to choose his, his people for him. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> only Hashem can. Uh... So yeah, Kenny's doing. I was trying to talk him out of it. And Kenny stares him dead in the eyes and tells him the Dark Order does not back down from a fight. Hear that again. The Dark Order does not back down from a fight. It's not me and the Dark Order. It's just the Dark Order. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's as significant, I think, as... Colt coming out and doing the Dark Order hand for the first time on the on Brody Lee's memorial show. Yeah, it's just like yeah, I'm I'm in. This is where I want to be. It's as significant as like I'm gonna try to think of something that's like equally significant. It's as significant as Matt and Nick kicking him out of the Elite. Yeah. It's, it's one of those major beats along this storyline. Uh, Aaron, can I interrupt again with some more breaking news? Yes. Um, can we have a moment of silence for the career of Owen Power, who was picked as the first overall draft pick by the Buffalo Sabres? Sorry about your career, Owen. You might go better places. <laughs> After... The best years of your career. Yeah. I say that being a Devils fan. The Devils were not much better than the Sabres this year. I, I grew up around Sabres fans, and I don't think I've ever seen them happy. Yeah, that's, that's fair. They never seem to have a season that's just okay. It's just terrible all the time. There's so, Okay, my favorite part of the hockey season is is draft day because there's some just wild trades that happen on draft day. Mm-hmm. They just announced um a buck wild trade. So the Blackhawks get Seth Jones from the Blue Jackets as well as the 32nd overall pick the 2022 sixth round pick that the Blue Jackets would have. And the Blue Jackets get Adam Boquist, 2021 12th overall pick, 
21 second round and the 22 first round pick from Chicago. It's a wild trade. Yeah. And yeah, look, I grew up around Toronto fans too. <laughs> they didn't have many good seasons either. <laughs> okay. What are we calling this version of Marking Out where we talk about hockey? Well, we've already done the hockey show. Did we? What did yeah, we call it? I, I think we just called it the hockey episode. Oh. Well, that's boring. We should have called it Checking Off. Well, I mean, that's how I used to name all the episodes. You know, that's Checking Off with My episode. Girlfriend. That's why we have this, the... Uh, oh, that's the right. We called episode. it Jocking Off. Thank you, Aitsu. Jocking Off. Yep. So, yes, back to wrestling. We're getting a 5v5, and the Dark Order has to win for them to get any title shots. So, I hope they win, because otherwise, what the fuck are you going to do at full gear, Adam Page? Yeah. But I'm really looking forward to it. And there's still, like, after they do that, there, there'll still be, like, a month of build-up to All Out. Which, they can do a lot in a month. That is very true. Uh, I've got a good tweet for us. Share. This is in oh, reference God. to all of the Cornette fans saying that what Sting was doing with Orange Cassidy was ruining his career. <laughs> yep, that sacred career of Sting. Who's done this weird Joker bit. That was TNA. And... That time he got bit by a dog. Yep. And that time he was hanging out with RoboCop. That was the early 90s WCW. And the time he shot lasers out of his eyes. Yep, also early 90s WCW. Ugh. Wrestling is not sacred, people. Fuck around with it. Also, Joker Sting was a very good bit. Like, the Joker is an interesting character for a reason. I mean... We live in a society, Joker, Aaron. Joker Sting wasn't interesting. Joker Sting. It was literally done because that was the look after Heath Ledger. There are better stories to tell with the Joker than what people tell with the Joker. Mm-hmm. The closest one we got was a fucking... What's his fuck? You know, the vegan one. <laughs> what? Joaquin Phoenix. There we go. I ha I remembered River Phoenix. Okay. I had to take a second to get there. I haven't seen that movie. It's pretty good. Like, I haven't wa I haven't wanted to watch it. It's if you don't want to watch I saw, it. I saw all the people raving. I was like, I'm not sure I want to understand them. <laughs> I mean, like it's definitely got a. It's a weird movie because I think the message gets a little confused at times, but it definitely Probably. seems like it's portraying. The Joaquin Phoenix version of the Joker as, like, someone disaffected by modern society in a way that is relatable to a lot of people on the left. Okay. The people on the left are not the ones I see talking about it. <laughs> Interesting. It's like, a lot of what that movie is about is, like, the struggle to survive in a increasingly industrialized... Not industrialized, but, like, um, alienating workforce that, like, drains you of your humanity 
in order to make you the most efficient work drone possible. They want people to be bees, basically. Buzz, buzz, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. I'm AMAB, which means I do nothing except fuck. Do you think there are trans bees? <laughs> yes, there is. The Minecraft bee. Everyone knows the Minecraft bee is trans. <laughs> I'm so glad I could help you with that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I appreciate jobs that treat you like a human. Mm-hmm. I work this for a great company that definitely treats me like a human. So says media is a wonderful place to work. You yeah. just, you know, have to be dating one of me, Emma, Erin, or Erica. And I'm not available. <laughs> yeah, you're, at, you're at poly capacity. I think I'm at saturation point, yeah. I'll figure it out. Polycule <laughs> server is getting pretty large, though. Well, and, well, it's not all partners anymore. No, it's not. They're... they're Members of the polycule in a mm -hmm. broader sense. That's what I'm saying. And it's like when it was just partners, like it was relatively small and compact. Mm -hmm. But now we're expanding. And, it's and even then, better. that's not like all of our partners either. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to polyamory with my girlfriends. There's, there's enough a... podcasts out there about that. Yeah, there's there's absolutely a reason why we mark out hard for the polyam cult parties. Yep. Yes, I too. Not partners, but definitely family. Family. It's about family. Sandy? It's me. John Travolta. In Greece. Sandy? Sorry, I'm doing free association because I'm a little drunk. And uh, there was a moment on Hey Riddle Riddle last week, uh, specifically during the Clue Crew episode where they were doing JPC's acting school. It's it's a whole thing. You should listen to Hey Riddle Riddle. This is the official uh, So Says Media, my, you can get with my girlfriend endorsement of Hey Riddle Riddle, a podcast about riddles where all of the hosts hate riddles. I tried listening to that. <laughs> I listened to three episodes. I went, what the fuck am I listening to? This makes no sense. Uh, so anyway, I'm just over the moon with this storyline with Kenny and like, yeah, it, it's playing out like pretty much in the way we thought it would. And I'm so excited to see how they finish it. It's going to be good mm -hmm. no matter what. I trust AEW will not blue ball us on their biggest storyline in company history. Yeah. Like, I know that's come up a few times where usually when you have a story like this, you bring up the baby face and then they lose it at a critical moment. Mm -hmm. So you get even more support behind them to make that final push. Um, I, I don't think you can do that here. I don't think you can get Hangman more over. I think, though, that you do in this elimination tag match have Kenny eliminate Hangman. Yes. I think that's a very safe way of doing it. It shows that it's going to be a fight for Hangman to win. Yeah. And 
it allows like I, I think like the Dark Order probably end up having to work together to eliminate Kenny. Yeah, they basically have to wear him down probably three or four on one. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to do it because it keeps your champion looking strong. And it puts your contender down but doesn't eliminate him from the title picture. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, also, don't forget, I think we're probably about to wrap up, eh? I think we're getting to that point. Okay, so a uh, couple things. One, don't forget this Sunday at 8, 7 central on ABC on Family Feud <laughs> that you could catch Jungle Boy and Peter Avalon teaming up with David Arquette, Dalton Castle, and RJ City. City! On Family Feud. The Forbidden Door has been kicked down removed from its hinges, and thrown to a scrapyard. Yes, because we've got Jungle Boy, Peter Avalon, Dalton Castle, RJ City, and David Arquette playing Family Feud together. Yep. Against Paul Rubens' team? That checks out for RJ. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I, I just want to say... Good for Paul Rubens, you know? Like, he deserves to be able to have his career. Also, Joe Manganiello's on his team? Apparently. And Drew Carey? Doesn't Drew Carey host that show? No. Steve Harvey hosts that show. Drew, Drew Carey oh, hosts that's why I don't watch that Right. One. That's why I don't watch that one. Yeah, no. Fuck Steve Harvey, but... I will watch it. Mostly for... The fact that, you know, there's going to be a bunch of people I like on it. Yep. And you're finally going to have a WWE worker working with people outside the company. Mm -hmm. It's RJ City and he's working on a game show. <laughs> One more breaking news interruption. Oh my goodness, this is the third. I know. The Devils have drafted Luke Hughes, younger brother of their star player, Jack Hughes, as their first round pick. We're going to have a brother team! Hopefully there's not sibling rivalry. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's good that they're on the same team. There won't be sibling rivalry. Because they're on the same team. They're working together. Their goals are the same. Not their actual scored goals, but their desired achievements are the same. Mm -hmm. there's a pretty strong history actually of brothers playing together in hockey there's also a pretty strong history of brothers being on the devils the devils before sorry to go on a tangent again before Lou Lamarillo left there was a long and storied history of the devils using some of their lower draft picks to pick family members of long-tenured players as, like, a thank-you-for-your-service kind of thing. Okay. Which once once has worked out in their favor. The reason that they do that is because uh, they did not pick Scott Niedermeyer's brother 
the Ducks got him. And as a result, Niedermeyer left to go to the Ducks and won a cup with the Ducks instead of winning a fourth with the Devils. Because his mom was like, Scotty, you gotta go help your brother win a cup. So he did. <laughs> now, it's funny you bring that up because there's also a long and storied history of wrestlers who are brothers. Such as? Such as the Young Bucks, the Hardy Boys, not Edge and Christian, they're just friends. Uh, the Rougeau brothers, Owen and Brett, Harlem Heat. Uh, the Steiners are actually brothers. Mm -hmm. The Wild Samoans, I believe, were brothers, or at least cousins. Because that's the whole... The whole Fatu family? Yeah. The whole just... Fatu family? They just run half of wrestling, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, the Usos, speaking of the Fatu family. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you just want to put a whole bunch of that, uh, the Rhodes, Cody and Dustin, the Vashans, the Von Erics. I'm, sure I'm sure I can come with more, but I'm on the spot right now. I didn't plan for this spot. Well, you know, um, the, the Funks, Aitsu points out, the Pafos. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the Pafos did wrestle together. The Rock and his death. <laughs> oh, goodness. So anyway, Aaron, have we done, like, literally everything that we normally do on this show? I think we did. Okay, I'm going to finish my second drink then so we can finish this episode. All right. Thank you all very much for coming out to a very weird, very manic episode. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for sticking around. Love you all. I'm not going to be heel this time. I think I kind of, I think I'm done with the heel thing for now. Oh, you, you want to do like maybe a tweener spot? Maybe. Okay. So anyway, just remember the thing that we always say at the end of every episode. Be gay. Mwah. Do. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at SOSES.ca. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful.